every one of us is given the message that you must conform to whatever the messenger believes is important to conform to. The desire to conform not only is a developmental stage, and that's a whole, that's another different topic completely too, because it's a healthy way of adapting and creating one's identity. But it's also a problem and a concern in today's culture with social media because of the preying on the innate desire to conform and then the social media platforms that are feeding that desire in sometimes a negative way or an unhealthy way. So once we have the thought and then we decide to replace it with the truth, then we make a decision as to whether we want to begin acting on that truth. Hey, I'm Ginger. I'm a psychologist and practicing attorney. I went from living a life of oppression and abuse to owning my truth and gaining my freedom. My goal with each episode is to educate and empower you, the listener, so that together we can all snap out of it. Welcome back, guys. So last week, we talked a little bit about identifying our core beliefs or thoughts. Now let's talk about how to snap out of those false belief systems and move into new behavior. Let's do it. I'm excited. Yeah. So first, get ready. Buckle up. (laughs) I'm ready. Right. So I mean, decide if you're going to, you know, really take the bull by the horns because we've got to get in deep. Like we're looking at our true core beliefs about ourselves. And you already know the answer. I'm a loser. Okay, we all admit it. I'm a loser, right? So then now let's just completely eradicate that, like blow it out of the water. I'm a winner. So at this point, we are we've decided we want Mm -hmm. to get out of this, right? We've decided we're getting out. Yeah. How are we gonna do that? You can either be a crab crawling out by yourself Mm -hmm. with no other crabs pulling you in. You can be a crab being pulled back in. Or you can be the crab that pulls out and then gets everyone else as well, all the other little crabs. So make that decision. But the main thing is there's no judgment here, okay? If you choose to not snap out of it, if you choose to stay in it, stay in the false beliefs, stay in the core beliefs, stay wherever you are, not rock the boat, that's completely your decision and there's absolutely no judgment. In fact, I do want to say that in cases of domestic violence or intimate partner violence, if you are in any way in danger, it is really important that you seek professional help. This is in no way a self-help tutorial. This is in no way offering legal advice. This is not psychological advice. And if you are in a situation where there's an emergency, there are domestic violence hotlines, you can call 911. So let's put a safety plan in place. If you find yourself in a situation where you could potentially be harmed if you try to get out, right? Yeah, we will put those in the show notes too, just yeah. as good resource for people to right. have. Like a, a 800 number hotline. And, for, of right, course, right. yeah. So let's say you decide that you want to snap out of the belief system in which you find yourself. We talked a little bit last week about writing down those thoughts, writing them down in order to really analyze them, peel away the layers of the onion to see what the truth is behind them. Let's say some of the thoughts are true. Going through one thought at a time, literally breaking them down into sentences, one thought at a time, I'm too slow at work. Okay, what does that mean? I'm not accomplishing the 10 objectives that I had to accomplish that day. Maybe that's a true statement. So these beliefs don't always necessarily have to be false. They could be true. And then determining if that's something that you want to change. 
Maybe you choose not to achieve 10 things every day at work. Maybe you choose to narrow that down to eight things and achieve them well. And that might be a changed behavior as the result of looking at the thought and analyzing whether or not it's true and whether or not you want to act on it. So you can use this exercise and just really break it down and, and make it super step by step that you write down a thought. I'm not achieving 10 things at work today. And then you decide, okay, is this something that's true? Yes or no? And you can even draw a column. Yes, no. True, false. Then you write the next sentence that would replace the original thought with the true statement. So I'm not accomplishing 10 things at work. True. Well, if you want to accomplish those 10 things, then obviously you're going to have to have another exercise on how to accomplish those. Mm -hmm. But the next sentence would be, well, 10 things are not as important. I need to accomplish eight things very well, right? And then figuring out how to do that. Or let's use another example. Um, let's say a person has a problem with um, smoking, okay, an addiction to nicotine. And so I'm a loser because I smoke, or I can't break this habit. This is a really good example of a false belief. I cannot break this habit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's an out of control message. It is not true ever, right. ever, with any human being that they can't break a habit, including heroin, which is an addiction that's very difficult to break. But they say nicotine's even harder. It is an untrue statement to say, I cannot stop smoking. And so with the support of a helper, maybe a psychologist or a professional, or even um, a strong friend, you can say it is not true that I can't break this habit. So you replace that false statement, I cannot quit smoking, with I can quit smoking then it's a matter of determining how to do that, right? Now let's look at a more difficult example to overcome, which reminds us of the crabs in the bucket. Mm -hmm. I can't go explore my, I cannot, I cannot try to reach my dream because I'm a loser. I cannot try to reach my dream because no one else can do it. Well, here's an example of how I used that very same message and overcame it when I began my law practice. Mm. I spoke to uh, an experienced attorney in Northern California who announced to me that my goal and dream of having a practice that went that spanned from San Diego to Napa um, was in, was not achievable because he couldn't do it. Mm. You can't have a law practice in Los Angeles and San Francisco. I, I didn't. I couldn't do that. And obviously, this person had 30 years of experience, was very well known, has a name, has built a brand, and is very successful. So I immediately rejected that thought. Because I've got the talent and the tools with the self-talk to know that that's his issue. It's not mine. So like we talked about last week, when a person points a finger, you're a loser, you can't do that. It's really they're reflecting their own belief system. I can't do it. That's what they're really saying, right? So I immediately, because of these tools and what I've learned over the course of my career, I immediately rejected his false, oppressive belief that he tried to place on me. Now, were there insidious little doubts saying, oh, maybe he's right. If he couldn't do it, maybe I can't. Mm -hmm. But I immediately rejected those. I stood in my truth that just because he couldn't doesn't mean I can't. And I'm, you know, I currently have an office in Los Angeles, Beverly Hills in San Francisco. I tend to like to have things step by step, right? I like to be able to know, okay, what's next? What's next? 
And there are people who have a learning style that's a little bit different. It's more the gestalt. Mm. Isn't that the coolest word? It's a good word, yeah. Word. <laughs> gestalt, it's fun to say. Yeah, yeah. It what just it means mean? to see the whole. And, and I, so I have a person in my life who's very special to me, and he has the ability to see the gestalt, the big picture, the whole thing. He can analyze from all perspectives. He's very empathic. He can put himself in other people's shoes. Mm. It's a huge gift. I, that, he's probably a very patient person then. Very patient Yeah, that person. is super yeah, special. That's key for that. Exactly. So the first thing, at least for me, because I like to do a step-by-step, is to listen to the gut. And we talked about that in the first episode. So if you want to know a little bit more about your first brain, the primitive brain and the gut, yeah. tune into the first episode. Uh, listening to what happens in the body when we're given a message that is not true. Mm. right it causes tension in the body because it doesn't resonate with our own truth like we talked about yeah right yeah so if the gut or your if your you know your gut instinct your reaction is tightening in any way your stomach tightens up mm-hmm. your and you know what it's so funny sometimes i'm lying in the bed at night and i'll bring i can't fall asleep so i put my computer in front of me i start to watch an episode of something and i start getting anxious why am i doing that why am i not just drinking some herbal tea and putting some music on and <laughs> right. going to sleep right? right i should be listening to my gut because i yeah tighten up mm-hmm. so i should practice what i'm saying but first step is to listen to that ten- ten- tensing or tightening and realize or that feeling of being uncomfortable Say you go to a family reunion and it's Thanksgiving and somebody walks up to you and you feel that sense of, oh, here comes that person. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. are they going to say to me to drag me back into the bucket after I've you know successfully lived in my own truth for three years in another part of the country, right? right, right. It's that feeling of dread. But anyway, so that is the first alarm bell because our bodies don't lie to us. It's right. so cool. Like our brains can talk us out of how we are supposed to feel, but our bodies tell us the truth. And that's yeah. a whole another subject. So, okay. So, so once the, we get that feeling, like recognize the recognize reaction that in feeling, our body. Right. But then go write it down. Like it's such a great opportunity yeah. to then categorize and capture whatever it was that we tell ourselves, Oh, they're not going to like me. I won't mm. fit into this culture anymore. That's a big one. That's huge. Okay. So then that brings up the topic of conforming. And we're all given the message. Every one of us is given the message that you must conform to whatever mm-hmm. the messenger believes is important to conform to. Right? right. Right. This is really big for people that are um, still, their brains are still developing, teenagers, all the way up to, to 25 is when the brain uh, technically is supposedly developed. But, you know, that can vary. Mm-hmm. And uh, the desire to conform not only is a developmental stage, and that's a whole, that's another different topic completely too, because it's a healthy way of adapting and creating one's identity. But it's also a problem and a concern in today's culture with social media because of the the preying on the innate desire to conform and then the social media platforms that are feeding that desire in sometimes a negative way or an unhealthy way. Yeah. Um, but okay. So staying on the topic of the step-by-step. So once we have the thought and then we decide to decide to replace it with the truth, then we make a decision as to whether we want to begin acting on that truth. Mm-hmm. So here's where the cautions come in because and I've done this, sometimes we don't announce our truth Mm. immediately. Right. Because it's not healthy to speak about it, or it's dangerous to speak about it, or it's not safe to speak about it. So what do I mean by that? Well, 
um, recently I made a decision to join a particular group. And um, I had been completely indoctrinated into a different culture um, prior to joining this group. And I was told that the group I joined was a negative, bad things about the group, right? I have chosen to not share that belief system with my community of people who would judge me immediately as a result of my decision. Okay, yeah. And the reason I've chosen not to share that is because I'm not strong enough yet in my new community to be able to stand up to the inevitable criticism that I will face when my previous community discovers my choice. Mm -hmm. And this doesn't mean I'm ashamed of my new choice. It doesn't mean that I'm any less um, dedicated to my new choice. It just means that I know the principle that the principle of the acorn and the oak tree that I choose to use as my reason for not divulging my new choices now. So let's share about the acorn and the oak tree. Yeah. Right. Okay. So we all know like an acorn right. is a way of, it's the product of an oak tree that yep. falls to the ground. It gets planted in fertile soil uh, and grows up. But obviously an oak tree is super strong and powerful, right? But it's not always, an oak tree hasn't always been strong and powerful. An oak tree started out as an acorn, gets planted in the ground, grows up as like a sapling. Yeah. Right. And can you imagine, like today was a blustery day and there were trees falling down all over Los Angeles and cars had been like, you know, mutilated as a result of falling trees, mm -hmm. big old trees that have fallen, right? One was leaning against my car. There you go. <laughs> right. But little trees, and I was worried about some of the trees in my yard that are planted that they can't withstand the storm. Yeah. And they're going to fall over. They're yeah. not strong enough to withstand. But then a big old oak tree, and I was talking with my producer, Ramiro, about a tree that I, that I know about that I'm concerned is going to fall over. And he said, well, doesn't it have a strong root system? Yes, it does. So he's, it's not going to fall over in this big storm. But it's because it's a huge, very well-established tree that's strong. It has a root system. It has a support system. And it's grown for a long time. Yeah, It's withstood many storms. Mm. So I'm waiting. In this particular analogy, I'm waiting to reveal my new choices to my previous community when it's stronger. It's not the time yet. Okay, so now that it's been identified, the beliefs, the narrative, how to live in the new narrative, mm -hmm. right? So once we decide that it's safe, and specifically I'm thinking about victims of abuse and whether or not they're safe, um, but in the event that it's a work environment that's toxic, for example, or maybe there's a habit that needs to be changed, gambling, drinking, smoking, whatever, and there's no judgment on those habits, by the way, then how to step out, how to get into the new. Well, it's about every day waking up and making a decision, actually more than every day. It's, it's, it's really on a minute-by-minute minute basis. As soon as those thoughts come, then identifying, rejecting that thought, and standing only in the truth, and not allowing the old beliefs to penetrate in any way. So I want to talk about another allegory. I'm not in any way promoting religion. Okay. However, this is a really cool story. So if we take the truth and we talk about sowing, sowing in terms of S-O-W, which mm -hmm. means to plant into the ground, right? So we reap what we sow, mm -hmm. not sowing S-E-W with a needle and thread, but right. sowing into the ground. So sowing into the ground. So let's say we've identified a false belief. Now we have a truth. Okay, we're going to take that seed 
and we're going to sow it into our brain. We're going to plant it into our brain. Now, let's listen to the allegory that was talked about by the person that a lot of people quote. There is a person, a man or a woman or a person who, behold, a sower went forth to sow. Mm -hmm. We're sowing that truth into our brain, right? And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. So the truths that we try to put into our brain, the new thoughts, sow by the wayside. They don't get planted into fertile soil. In other words, we don't even believe our own new truth. Mm-hmm. And the birds come and eat up the seeds. Okay, so, so that thought didn't take root. And then some of those seeds fell on stony places where they did not have much earth and they didn't have the depth of soil to take root. So you have some falling by the wayside. The thoughts didn't take root in our brain. Some fall on stony places. Now think about it. You have a hard heart, right? People have a stony heart or they have a stony brain. They're not listening to the new truth. It's too, it's too, they're not soft hearted. They're not willing to hear, right? So we can try this exercise, but if our brains are too stubborn and we're not willing to accept it, hard, exactly, hard headed, that's stony, right? It doesn't fall on fertile soil. And then when the sun was up, they were scorched because they had no root and they withered away. So then the exercise is futile. Mm -hmm. And some fell upon thorns. This is an interesting one. And the thorns sprung up and choked them. Hmm. So that is the people that are naysaying the new thought. Oh, you, it's not true that you can actually have a, an office in San Francisco and Los Angeles. Forget it. Those are thorns hmm. that they choke up, choke the new thought yeah. so that they're, they're not able to take root. And then others fell onto good ground and brought forth fruit some a hundredfold, some 60-fold, some 30-fold. So here's the challenge if you want to ascribe to this lovely allegory, and that is once you put the new truth into the brain, the brain needs to have fertile soil. It needs to be a place where the acorn new thought can be planted. Then you water it. Then you nourish it. Then you take care of it and protect it. Maybe don't share that new belief system yet because maybe there are storms. Maybe there are negative naysayers out there until there is a season for that oak to grow into a tree, right? Mm -hmm. It might grow quickly or it may take a while because maybe there are people in our lives from 20 years ago that don't want to hear about our new life choices. There are people I haven't shared my most recent life choice with that have known me for 40 years because I know that they're going to have trouble accepting it and and it's not strong enough yet for me. So there's no judgment on when we choose to allow that new thought to take root in our fertile soil of our brain and to grow into that strong oak tree so that we can stand in our own truth in freedom and withstand the storms that come because they're always coming. So my producer has asked me for an example of a time when I felt vulnerable as a result of standing in my truth. And that is a time where I was involuntarily admitted into a psych ward. And even now talking about it, I feel vulnerable because of the negative stigma on potentially on that. But when it was determined that I didn't need to be there, I went and readmitted myself. (laughs) because I needed to discover why I was allowing the prisons in my mind to control me. And I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. I would love to hear more about that. Okay. Well then tune in next week. Just talk about that next week for sure. Yeah. 
I'm a little nervous about that. Yeah, it's very vulnerable, but oh, I think yeah. it's important. It's an important message. Right. And I think a lot of people will resonate with that. I appreciate you tuning in. Thank you so much. And look forward to you coming back next week. Snap out of it. 